There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. We haven't said anything silly in the intro. That's strange. We normally It's just a lie. It's just a line that says this is, you know, the intro. In the script it is, although I'm pretty sure it used to say banter two minutes. And I <laughs> and I got rid of it because it was irrelevant. Well, we, we don't need to banter for two minutes, do we? Although there was a story that came up this week that I thought wouldn't wouldn't have um, made it into the news proper, but that might have been worth talking about. But I've completely forgotten what it was. The news was dry this week, I have to say, ladies and gentlemen. It's one of those weeks where we, we, st- we sit on the fence and, and wonder... Is it worth doing a show? And the stories that we picked to talk about today uh, will definitely make it worthwhile. But it was, I think, one of those weeks, wasn't it? It was. I was looking around and thinking, oh, Lord, what are we uh, What are we doing here? But I also made me realise that there's not a lot of UK-specific tech news sites in the world. Well, this is the thing. Um, the, the, the text message Twitter feed, I feel like, is one of the most comprehensive single sources out there yeah. for UK-specific tech news. That's where everything goes. It's what we build the show from every week. So yeah. almost nothing. In fact, I can't think of any occasion where something we've talked about hasn't been in there. Um, yeah, often because we'll discuss it and then you'll tweet the story after we've planned it for the show. Sometimes. That's happened a few times. It has. But, you know. Rarely, though. Well, Not wrong with that. Why don't we crack on and talk about the first one? And I have to say thanks to KV for posting this one in the text message Discord this week. This is one that I hadn't spotted, uh, but he'd uh, posted it in the chat. So thank you. Uh, the Verge wrote this week that Microsoft is making its Xbox subscriptions a little more flexible after a UK regulator raised concerns. This is the Competition and Markets Authority, uh, which says, quote, secured undertakings with Microsoft that will improve accidental renewals for Xbox Live Gold or Xbox Game Pass subscriptions. The Verge said Microsoft has agreed to offer refunds to Xbox subscribers that are on recurring 12-month subscriptions and even cancel inactive memberships if customers are reminded how to stop payments and still continue not to use a membership. So Microsoft agreed to give better upfront information about these automatic renewals, such as, because there's a bit, there are a few things it's agreed to do, um, when a renewal will happen and how to cancel it. So that will be a message. Uh, it'll do more with refunds. Microsoft's going to reach out and offer people refunds who are on annual memberships in case they maybe don't want to, which is very bold. Uh, it'll yeah. alert people who have subscriptions but how, who haven't used it for a while and then initially pause those payments until the customer comes back and says, uh, it's cool, carry on, please. Uh, and it's going to make it clearer 
when and how it's making uh, price rises and, and also reminding people again how to cancel them if they don't like it. And the particularly interesting thing I think about this is that although this has begun in the UK for UK people because of the CMA, Microsoft told The Verge this is starting here, but it will roll out globally um, soon. So I think I think this is an interesting move because we have a lot of subscriptions, right, these days. Yeah. Ian, we have lots, and it is very easy for these to lapse. I had it recently myself, which I'll come to, but before I do, thoughts? Uh, well, actually, this happened to me um, some time ago. I had a PlayStation Plus membership that was, you know, just re- would renew every year, um, and I hadn't used it. Like, I j- it was just a waste of time, and I thought, I must cancel that, and I got to it like a day late or something. I, I must have had it wrong in my mind when it renewed. Um, so I tried cancelling it and obviously couldn't. So I emailed them and went, look, I, I'm not using this. Can you cancel it for me? And they actually did do it. And they said, look, I, we can see that you haven't used the thing. Um, you know, there's been very little activity on the account. So yeah, no problem. We'll return the money. So that was kind of good. I was kind of felt like that was a positive thing. So yeah, it's good that they're doing this. Um, I mean, it's a lot to expect a company to be responsible in this way. But actually, if you think about it, we could have a law that made this mandatory. Like if someone doesn't sign into your service for, let's say, six months, then it should be the law that at the next cycle, you um, you, you, you know, it, it's automatically cancelled because, you know, you could theoretically have all sorts of things going on that you never use and feel, you know, and forget to cancel. And it's a nice thing to do. I can't see them spending much time thinking about it. And it wouldn't benefit companies, obviously. And, um, well, you know capitalism yes i ran into it recently not with microsoft although i did temporarily for a brief period pause my xbox subscription because i just wasn't i wasn't playing enough but i have since resumed uh resumed it um but a couple couple of thoughts um apple makes it very easy to see what you are subscribed to if you subscribed through apple um however I had a subscription to uh, an iCloud account, an Apple TV and Apple Music that I just noticed um, because I have a family membership for Apple Music and I noticed that I had a bill for a single person membership and I thought, that's weird. Has Has my membership changed? And I went and had a look and... It said, no, it's a family membership. So I looked into it, and what had happened is I somehow had a subscription on a different Apple ID for Apple Music and TV and iCloud that had resulted from when I'd signed up to Apple's all-encompassing Apple One and then realized that it was terrible value for me and canceled it. Um, But because of the way the billing works, it had meant that a couple of the subscriptions had had defaulted back to their single memberships and they'd stayed active for about i think three months so i filed the claim with apple and put in the refund request for three months each of apple tv and three months of icloud and three months of music Um, and within about 24 hours um they did get all my money back so they'd obviously looked at the account and seen oh yeah well he's had this but hasn't used it i mean basically ever so no problem. So I had no fuss, just literally just got the money back in my account, which is about 60 or 70 pounds, which is quite nice. But that yeah. but that was a difficult, it was difficult to spot. And the only reason I spotted it 
It's not because I didn't pay attention to getting the receipts every month in my inbox. It's just I only noticed it because one of them was for less money than I thought it should be. And ah. uh, and that was and that was the nudge. But if if Apple had a system like Microsoft had um, or now has for Xbox, the, the, it would have flagged and said, hey, you seem to have a subscription here that you're not using. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe review it. Um, but it didn't. It relied on bit. me. A little bit of honesty goes a long way because I'll always feel positively towards Sony for at least agreeing to return the money. Um, like, you know, I, I'm not saying it's the world's greatest sort of, you know, sh- it shouldn't be that difficult. You should, you know, that it maybe auto renewals are just a bad thing in general. But at the very least, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't hesitate to go back to Sony if I felt like felt like playing a PlayStation because, you know, they treated me nicely. It's a it's a good thing it is yeah actually it, it as, a, as a bit of a side note i i i filmed an episode of my bloomberg show on thursday all about the subscription gaming industry and and mm. when i was digging into the history of it there's actually there are some really interesting reasons why it took as long as it has for companies to full on say this is the future of our industry uh, and it's really surprising when you think about it. You know, games still costing 70, 80 pounds if you buy like a premium edition, even a base game of Call of Duty is like 60 quid, isn't it? Um, and you'd sort of think with everything that's happened in subscription over the last five or six years in, in particular, we'd have had game subscriptions be a much bigger deal before now. But actually, there's some very good reasons why why it hasn't. And so I think a move like this for Microsoft is, as you say, it's it's difficult to feel bad about it because it, it, it shows that they they care or at least it shows that they've agreed to care <laughs> under duress well i don't know how much duress they're under i always find some of these services are quite easy to unsubscribe to it's, it's usually just a yeah push of a button i, I mean th- th- there was um i that's not always the case especially with american companies like i've i've, I've been mm. in, the, in the past i've subscribed to um some of those video services where, you know, like for stock footage and um, like um, things of that nature, you know, sound effects, that kind of thing. And I remember one um, company, which I won't name, although I could, I just can't be asked. And um, trying to unsubscribe from it was a real pain. Like it required several emails back and forth. Like, you know, I want to cancel this. Why can't I cancel it online kind of thing? I'd subscribed online. I should be able to cancel it online. But no, you can't. You have to actually email them and then wait for them to come back with a spiel about how you won't be able to access all the stuff mm-hmm. that you know you won't be able to access. You know, it's just like, you know, if I think the the law should be, you know, with those things, if you subscribed online, you should be able to cancel it. I actually think that is a law now in britain is it i think so okay. it was it's either a law or it was or it was proposed i'm fairly sure maybe it's maybe it was a uh a, a, a regulator thing but i yeah. i believe that is the case the daft um the, the, the worst offenders in my in my experience are newspapers oh um, yes the times <laughs> yes of london Adam Buxton has an entire um bit about that um, I can't remember what 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 the reason for it was, but it was very funny. It's so difficult. I mean, I I'd quite like to pick up my time subscription because my employer pays for subscriptions that we that we need for work, and um, the only reason I don't resubscribe to it is because of how bad it was to cancel it last time. You sign up online, okay, but to cancel at the time, I had to phone somebody. Do you, Can't you do just you... cancel as a direct debit? 
Well, it's difficult to do that when you're when it's on a company card. I don't have access to oh. the back end in that way. Mm, of course, um, yeah. Interesting. And the only way to cancel it was to phone someone up during office hours. Like, how how backward is that these days? Is it pa- is it paid for by the company on the card? Well, it's or my is company. It, you claim it back. No, I have a company. Um, well, just Am- do it on Amex. a personal card then. Well, no, because then I have to expense it. If it's on my company Amex, it's all done for me. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, that's unusual. Big company. Big, big, com- big company, mate. Well, yeah, with a lot of money because I've seen how much their subscriptions cost. I think you'll find, Ian, that the Bloomberg professional service <laughs> represents incredible value for any financial I professional. I, don't know what I expected. Yeah. <laughs> really? It is a good service. No doubt I'd love to have it. I just can't afford it. Yeah. No, it's uh, there's, a, there's some interesting you know, stuff going on. It, with, oh, with, okay. So Craig has sent a complaint. I don't care about Craig for the listeners. <laughs> Craig is our automated recording bot. He is a fickle beast today. He's a two-faced little git, in fact, um, is how I would describe him. Waits for us to start the show and appears to be sitting there patiently recording us. And then just now has decided failed to join. An abject lie, frankly. He was in the server about two minutes ago and has been since we started recording. Mm. He's just decided to go away. What a p- silly boss. What a silly, silly man. Well, it doesn't matter. We're recording. Well, what now. I was looking for was Nick in the chat told us that California has a law that if you subscribe online, you have to be able to unsubscribe online. So that's good to know. Ma- I don't know if the UK has a similar law. We'll look into it and we'll come back. I'm sure somebody listening will tell us, but uh, I do remember reading about it for the UK, I'm sure. Maybe I was mistaken. Maybe it was California A rather than United... <laughs> doesn't really work Just don't don't bother no okay well it's good news very good well done microsoft thank you cma the world you can look forward to microsoft offering you refunds uh, for not using its products how delightful truly is the utopia we've all dreamed of if you have been thinking about telling us what you think or what you reckon send it to us hello at uktechshow.com The BBC has covered the release of a new report from the Law Commission in England, Scotland and Wales, well, commissions, in fact, uh, about autonomous cars uh, this week. The report, uh, designed to inform laws around self-driving cars, has suggested that drivers should not be prosecuted for an accident caused by their car or a car that they happen to be in, obviously. Instead, responsibility for accidents would be that of the company that developed the system. A third-party agency would need to decide which cars and which don't qualify under that uh, sort of scheme. Uh, The rules would only apply to Level 4 and Level 5 autonomous cars, uh, which are probably still a decade away uh they would not however cover cars like the tesla which is currently beta testing what it very unhelpfully calls full self-driving tesla system is currently level two automation um, and elon musk has claimed that tesla is likely to achieve level four in 2022 and he is absolutely wrong about that uh tesla the company has also apparently disputed that claim Um, It's now up to the government to decide how to implement these recommendations and how the law will adapt to driverless cars. Can I just ask a very quick question? Of course. Sure. I mean, I'm done. So ask away. What are the levels? What do they mean? I'll answer that. Um, So 
it's sort of split into two blocks, if you like. Uh, level one, two, and three are kind of semi-autonomous. They they are varying degrees of assistance, if you like. Right. So you've got level one driving automation, driver assistance, which I would say is things like um, adaptive cruise control, um, and you know things things that use radar to keep your position from the car in front. That sort of merges into level two, which is things like keeping you in a lane. Um, you know, maybe being able to read traffic signs and signals and stuff like that. And obviously there are lots of bits of this tech that appear in cars that aren't really automated at all. So there are a lot of cars that will read road signs and put it on your screen, but not actually do anything about it. It's just there to inform you, uh, which is really handy, actually, if you're driving along and you just, for some reason, can't remember what the speed limit is. You know, I mean, everyone should know, but it doesn't really work like that in the real world. Anyway, um, level three driving automation there are no cars that do that yet. So we're, we're not even at level three yet. Um, and that's sort of conditional driving automation, which means that they, they pretty much can do everything, but they will still occasionally or in certain circumstances ask you to take over. Level four and level five are both high level driving automation. So, uh, or uh, very advanced. So what level four is technically high le- driving automation and it will only not work in very specific weather conditions, say. So if it's very snowy, it might be that, that they were, there's not enough information for them to read the road, site, road markings or whatever. So they may need assistance then. And level five is apparently no, dry, you know, no assistance needed from the human at all. Completely capable on all kinds of weather, etc. And obviously that's the most distant. Yeah. I mean, we may never reach that. Uh, um, I mean, I'm sure everyone would say that probably that's the dream. But realistically, you know, I, I feel like it's more likely that those cars would just stop driving in those circumstances, which will bring altogether problems all of their own. Got it. So, um, yeah, so that's how it works. So in this, under this um, report then from the Law Commission is uh, the, the kind of automation that we have now the, the yeah. driver assistance and things like the cruise control. Level two. Tesla is officially, officially level two. Right, okay that isn't what that would still count as your fault if you crash yes. the car absolutely but down the l- and in fact in america a man has just been prosecuted for causing an accident where he allowed the automating automation to drive through a red light um the, the people need to realize and doesn't matter how many times elon musk call it calls itself full self-driving you still need to be completely in charge of that car and i'm all for this automation i think it can be a real it can be a real uh it it really adds to the driving experience in that it takes away a lot of the stress and tiredness that you experience when you drive a car because it's just sort of helping you however if you're in a car with a steering wheel i believe that it's your responsibility to make sure it doesn't crash so use the systems but don't ever sleep or um do anything else now al in our live chat says his gets the wrong speed all of the time because it gets confused with signs for slip roads they uh, they also read them apparently off the back of lorries. So you know lorries often have a speed limiter fitted. So they'll often have the sp- a speed limit sign on the back that tells you how fast they're limited. And apparently that cars are quite often read those as well. Um, that could be solved by making those stickers on the back of vans not the same as road signs. So that would probably wouldn't be a big deal. But yes, I mean all all of this is a problem. Um, you know you you can have. Um, you can have it tied to GPS so that it knows what road you're on. But again, GPS isn't that accurate. So, it, you know, there's all sorts of opportunities for this to go wrong. 
and I love the idea of self-driving cars, but I, I also really like driving and I, I don't feel the desperate need to pony up the 10 grand or whatever it is Tesla's asking for. Um, I, mean, I don't have a Tesla, so there's be very little point in me paying for it. But, um, you know, they're currently charging people for access to the service that, first of all, they haven't got because it's not released yet. And secondly, um, because it's just really not what it says it is. And if you go on YouTube and watch some of the videos, it's horrifying. Well, as Stephen in the live chat says, don't worry, 5G will fix everything. <laughs> Well, I thought this was the point of me having my jabs <laughs> so that I would be automated, but apparently now I still have to do things. But your vaccine? Yeah. You know, the 5G one. Oh, I see. Okay. I was making a joke ah. at the expense of anti-science idiots. Oh, I see. Bit of satire there. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Um, Nick asks a, a very important question. This law, I mean, this isn't a law, right? This is a report that no, goes to inform. It's a consultancy, but yes, exactly that. And, and it's now up to the governments of the nations to decide yeah. exactly what it is they'd like to implement. Nick asks, will this apply to the car vendor or whoever wrote the software? Now, I would assume <laughs> well, it will that it will fall to the manufacturer. And the manufacturer, it may potentially determine whether to take action but i think the legal responsibility as an entity at least the way it's been written about here it would be yeah. it would be the it would be the company in the way that you know when there's an oil spill off a rig it is the company that operates the rig that is legally um and and, and environmentally rather than the oil company yeah. that's extracting the oil um, well, it's the operator of the yeah. I mean, it's the operator of the yeah. rig. So it could be a BP rig, but it might be operated by Oily Inc. and they would be responsible rather than BP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I, I guess that will all be dealt with by contracts between companies. So if um, if if say BMW is using someone else's system, um, then th- they would presumably have that written into the contract. However, what I think this will do is I think it will slow development of self-driving cars quite substantially because it will mean that um, companies are going to have to make a call on how, how confident they are. Um, and if they're not allowed to shirk responsibility and say, well, there is still a driver in the car, um, then that might slow progress a little bit. Um, but I think I still I I don't think this is a huge problem anyway because we're nowhere near it. Like self full self driving is incredibly hard to do properly. But it's going to be it's going to be with- very interesting though when when you do think about two level four or level five autonomous mm. vehicles both being involved in a crash and both manufacturers <laughs> arguing that it's the other's responsibility. You know today we we fleshy humans have that argument o- over a smashed car in the street whereas yeah and it's not easier to be honest it's the same sort of argument you'd have you'd be surprised how difficult it is sometimes to persuade um i mean i can give you an example of something that happened to me where i had a real struggle hmm. getting my insurance company on board it was um i used to drive to work at the bbc when i but back when i lived still at, with my parents i used to drive in and i came to this roundabout and this guy coming from the left hadn't just hadn't stopped at all. He just drove straight over at 30 miles an hour. And I obviously drove over it, but I could see there was nothing to my right. And obviously you always have to give right way to guys on your right. Uh, and he smashed into me. And I, I, for me, that was a clear cut case, right? But I had to argue so much with the insurance company about it. 
you know, saying, look, it was a roundabout. Why, you know, why, why is there any debate about this? So I don't think that's going to get any better, basically. It's just, that's just what happens. And it will all be insurance companies as well, because these, you know, companies operating the cars will then have insurance policies of their own, I guess. Um, and I think ultimately it's, it's probably going to end up being taxi companies that are going to be the ones that are going to want to use this. Um, I, I suspect that people won't necessarily want to own a self-driving car. There's no point. Like, what, what's what's the point of that? really you just call a self-driving cab i actually disagree with that because i think the economics will work very similarly to to now you can still have a cab today and we've got ubers and we've got black cabs yeah. and and whatever equivalents there are in other people's countries or you can buy a car outright or you can lease a car uh, permanently or you can rent a car on a like a europa type type thing i don't i honestly i just don't see the difference that it makes whether you are the person driving it or whether software is automating the driver. I still think there is always going to be a time and a place for either ownership, temporary rental, long-term rental, or ad hoc taxi-type rental. I take your point. And also, the thing that will maybe change it is if the governments of the world say, actually, we don't want humans driving cars anymore. Too dangerous. Let's turn it all over to the machines. Because for a start, it's easier to do automation if everything's automated because the cars could all communicate with each other. If there's no humans involved, then there's nothing that can go wrong. So you you, you may be right. People may end up owning autonomous cars of their own that, you know, serve the need. I just feel like when when you're talking about an autonomous car, you'd hope that an autonomous taxi would be cheaper. There'd be more of them. We could get some of the cars off the road because that's a huge problem especially in the UK, you know, too many cars, way too many cars, and some of them driven awfully as well. Anyway, that's a different matter. Yeah, it's an interesting debate, and it's one that's very relevant to me as somebody who is currently learning to drive um, for the third time, although not because I failed twice. I um, What I failed to do is take my test in the first place on two occasions, uh, one when I was 18 and one when I was about 35, and decided, you know what, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to start from the beginning, uh, and this time I'm actually going to bother finishing and, uh, and take my test um, and enter my 40s as a fully licensed driver, simply 22 years after first taking to the road myself. Um, <laughs> But it all does feel a little academic doing so at a point where we are talking about self-driving cars and I when we've never so had such away. great access to ad hoc um, driving. Uh, I, it, to me, it just doesn't make any sense that people wouldn't want to learn to drive. I, I love driving. Well, I, I say that. I don't. I love the idea of driving. Like, I really like cars and being in cars and driving cars but it's everyone the fact that everyone's allowed to do it that really winds me up i feel like it should just be me that should have access to the roads and if that was the case i would have the best time ever you would well it's kind of like when you go into school at a uh, at a weekend when you've got keys because you're a cleaner and you can um you, you can take <laughs> your micro scooter and rollerblades up and down the science hall i, I yeah, can't say whether like, that's why can't it from be like this all the time experience um, I have to say also, there's a great fun. Um, I've got a new yoga studio that I've been going to, and it has incredibly glossy floors that if you have the right pair of socks on, you can sort of run and skid several feet um, in one go. It's it's almost as fun as yoga, sliding across that floor. <laughs> Sounds like a riot. It really is. Yeah, it's well, it's, uh, it's well worth the money. Well... 
Um, I'd love to know what anyone out there is thinking as to the validity of bothering to learn to drive yourself. Obviously, the report that Ian was describing is from um, law commissions. It will go into informing laws and consultations um, ahead of that. So it's a long time away. But I do sort of feel like if we have a future where autonomous cars are considered an actual replacement for machine for humans, then it should probably be the cars slash the manufacturers that, that should be responsible. But much will come out in the washing. But let us know your thoughts, of course. Hello at UKTechShow.com. And I just want to take a quick moment here uh, just to thank um, a couple of patrons. I wanted to thank KV specifically this week for pitching the story that we opened the show with. I also wanted to thank Nick Gassman, who for the last few weeks, while we've been struggling with our automated little backup system, has been um, recording our show live for us and sending me the MP3 after the fact. I have to admit, not all patrons get roped into technically doing our jobs for us. The vast majority don't. Uh, but, <laughs> but, I, but I love you all, and so does Ian. Uh, and you can join them, get our full version of the show. There's no ads. You can join our live audience, like everyone's doing it, uh, listening to us live last now, uh, just now and get extra message our weekly sister show ian's got one coming up next week that is going to be a corker because i just <laughs> know that he's going to whinge his ass off about um well televisions and lg specifically but we'll come to that won't we uh, in a few we will. In a few days in actually I, I meant to tell you that um following on from my amazon whinge i've actually requested my full suite of data from amazon but it hasn't arrived um Ooh. i i did a I, I did a like a gdpr request um, and have had literally nothing back from them. So um, I'm waiting, but I don't know if it's ever going to arrive. Interesting. Well, do keep us posted, mate. Um, you'll, you'll find me put here, right on the very edge of my seat. <laughs> um, but you can learn more about uh, our full version of the show, patreon.com forward slash UK tech. Thank you, everybody. You are beautiful. I want to check in with our mutual friend, Mr. Tom Merritt, and hear what's been going on in his world of tech, which is to say global tech this week this week on daily tech news show what big tech bought in 2021 they had a buying spree owen jj stone tells us when we can start paying attention to 8k well for photography it's now everybody else you gotta wait why robots might actually increase jobs for humans though they may or may not be great jobs what q commerce is and why it's sweeping india and whether battery swapping would make more sense for evs than charging uh, it won't, but we'll explain. All of that and much more, dailytechnewsshow.com. And I believe I'm going to be on DTNA. No, no, not this week. I think next next week I'll be I'll be on. Uh, thank you very much, Tom. Ian, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining it me. It has. Um, no, it's been my pleasure. And thank you, everybody, for, for listening. We've had a great live audience listening today. We had a, a fab chat on our full version of the show all about the Spotify, Joe Rogan, Neil Young situation. We talked at length about that, and I honestly think it was quite, quite an interesting discussion. I actually think my opinion changed while we talked about that. Um, but that's out now, patreon.com forward slash UK tech for anybody who wants that. Thank you, no matter how you support us. And I think, Ian, unless there's anything else, um, we'll see everyone in a week. Yeah. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.